Welcome to the Culture Chat, hosted by WorkExo. Our mission is to upgrade work. Find out more about our workplace genome project at WorkExo.com. And now, over to our host for today. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of the Culture Chat podcast. My name is Jamie Notter. I'm a partner at WorkXO. I'm here with my fellow partner, Charlie Judy. Charlie, say hi. What's up, everybody? And we are going to have an interesting conversation today that's going to focus on uh, culture and its connection to the customer experience. Uh, we have Amy Lucas from the Temkin Group with us, uh, and I'm going to let Charlie do the introduction, and then we'll get into the conversation. Absolutely, Jamie. Thanks for the kickoff. And Amy, on behalf of Jamie and Maddie and WorkXO, we welcome you to our Culture Chat podcast. Thrilled to have you here. I've I've uh, known Amy now for months, uh, and we ran across each other at a at an engagement or a, a, a an event here in Chicago, recognizing local. Uh, companies for their commitment to employee engagement and you know cultures that that work so to speak uh, and Amy and I were kind of sitting next to each other and we we, we uh, kind of struck it off you know right from the the get-go and and I was really intrigued by some of the things that she had to share around customer experience and and how that tied in the culture um, and Amy was also on stage that day, so I got to, to, to see a little bit more of that. Um, we've finally found Amy back on the ground after being mostly on the road for what seems like her entire life <laughs> to spend some time with us today, and we're thrilled with that. So, Amy, I'll, I'll toss it over to you, and, and maybe just a quick introduction uh, on yourself and then also on Temkin Group, and then we'll, we'll dive into the conversation. Sounds good. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here having this conversation, not just with Jamie and Charlie, but hopefully with with you listeners. I am Amy Lucas. I am a customer experience transformist and vice president with Temkin Group. Temkin Group is a research advisory and training firm that focuses exclusively on customer experience and helping large organizations on their journeys to become more customer-centric. And that that pursuit is a journey, not a project, and that journey involves maturing, as we see it, in four core competencies that I think connect to what we're going to be talking about today. Those core competencies are purposeful leadership, compelling brand values, uh, customer connectedness, and employee engagement. And employee engagement is really where my um, main area of research is, along with some of the organizational factors that, uh, that, that impact customer experience, so in terms of how do organizations govern this, the change management behind it, and the like. And really, those four competencies uh, interact strongly together, and part and parcel with, with all of that is the, the environment the company creates, the culture that it has that supports accomplishing the objectives it has set out, not just in the area of customer experience, but with, with the business more broadly. So that's a little bit about us. You can learn more about us at TempkinGroup.com and uh, check out some of our research, our training, and the like. Uh, but it's, it's a delight to be here with you guys today. Awesome. Thanks for, 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 uh, for being here. And Jamie, do you want to kick off the, the, the starting question? Sure, sure. I, I, again, we're, we're, we're talking about customer experience, and actually I, I will kick off a little bit by um, remembering one of my favorite quotes from Tony Shea, the uh, 
CEO of Zappos, which is arguably the most famous culture cool kid in the business world, uh, probably a little overexposed actually, but I remember him saying that he felt that brand is just a lagging indicator of culture, um, which really struck me as as, as an important thing uh, in this conversation, which is the experience that people have of a company, actually, they don't know that it's driven by culture, I think, but I think it probably is. So. Our big question for you, Amy, is like, what are the ways that you see workplace culture actually having an impact on the customer experience? Well, so much of that opening, Jamie. Thank you. But I think where one of the good places to start is when we think about customer experience, uh, what we recognize is that what's going on inside a company is really what our customers experience from the outside. And that is our customer experience is a reflection of not just the operating processes and the policies and the products that a company creates, but it's also the culture um, and, and the people of the organization. Um, but I think it might help for, for all of us to have a shared definition of customer experience, then we can think about how culture really is an important part of that. So I might start with that definition. Sure. And, and we define customer experience as the perception that customers have of their interactions with an organization. And so that perception piece being the experiences in the, the eyes of the beholder and the eyes of that customer. And they perceive those interactions, we believe, through three dimensions. The first is success. Could the customer do what they wanted to do? The second is effort. How easy or hard was it for the customer to get done what they wanted to get done, whether that was buy something, get a question answered, research something. Uh, and then the third dimension is emotion. How did the interaction make the customer feel? So when, a, when we think about the experience in its entirety, it really is the success, the effort, and the emotion of that customer that that customer perceives in each of the interactions he or she has with, with the organizations that they come across. And, and customer experience can be substituted for patient experience, student experience, <laughs> citizen experience, guest experience, all, all of that works here. And when we think about it inside companies and the connection to culture, um, Experiences are designed by the people inside the company. They are delivered by people inside the company when, when things don't go the way you hope. Uh, the people inside the company are fixing those experiences. So I think at the, the heart of it, that's why culture is such a critical ingredient in customer experience success because people really do conform and represent the environment around them. And culture is so much a part of that. Now, what happens is when companies start down this journey to become more customer-focused or more customer-centric, they often start down the path of, let me find all the pain points, let me fix the problems, and they overlook the, the need to also be thinking about what sort of culture are they nurturing inside mm -hmm. the company because that really is what can align all of the people, whether they're frontline, the folks who interact directly with customers face-to-face -face or over the phone, or whether they're the people making decisions every day about how do we design something, how do we create messaging or documentation for customers, how do we you know, set up a website or a portal that's 
that our customers are going to be using to, to interact with us? What are the policies or the rules or the terms and conditions we're defining? And so you know, that, that's sort of why we can't separate the two but actually recognize it's as much about fixing the processes as it is about paying attention to the culture we're creating. Yeah, I, 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 this this is like resonating on 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 so many levels. I, I think since you you threw out a, a definition for for customer experience, um, maybe we should connect the dot and throw out a definition for culture, uh, okay. which which is, this is the one that we use, um, uh, and that is it's the the words, the actions, the thoughts, the experiences, and and really all the stuff. Um, which is, of course, a technical term <laughs> that 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 clarify and and reinforce what is truly valued and what truly drives success. And so, the 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 thing that that I kept coming back to as as you were talking there, and I, I don't know if it's significant in the work that you do or the conversations that you have. For me, it's significant in 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 the realm of human resources and employment. In fact, I used to always say that. Employment is a commodity unless you make it an experience. And you keep using the word experience. We used to say customer service, right? Now, you know, now it's customer experience. But my guess is that's, that's got some meat behind it. I mean, is it really about evoking an emotion? Is it about is – it, is, it, is it more than a transaction? Is it, is it more than satisfaction? Does, does an ex, is an experience something that's deeper than that? Does it have more context and color to it? We, we would absolutely say yes, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the typical consultant answer, I hate to say it, but, <laughs> but I want to break your question up into a few different – or your comment and question up into a few different pieces. The yeah. first piece being about the, the evoking of emotion. So we absolutely see being mindful of the emotion that you are creating um, an important aspect of that experience. And, and whether it is created by a person involved in that interaction, an employee involved in that interaction, or it's something being thought about when we're, we're designing and, and coding a web page, um, emotion is important because when we look at what drives customer loyalty, that they buy from you again, that they'll recommend you to others, they'll forgive you when you make a mistake, try new products and services when you release them, the emotional perception of the experience alongside success and effort, the emotional piece has the strongest impact, is the most correlated to, to those loyal behaviors. Not that success and effort aren't important, right? But that emotion is so important because it creates that memory. Interesting. Now, but it's not just all about fluffy, feel good, happy. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go to Jamie's quote too, which is brand, right? The emotion that you create is, is tied to the, your brand and the type of interaction that customers are having, right? So if it's the type of interaction, look, I am a small business owner. I'm going to my bank. I just need to get my you know, weekly deposit in and the change I need to run my store through the weekend. Like I, want, I don't necessarily need to feel happiness and delight and all of that. Like I want emotions of this is, you know, I'm feeling cared for, I'm respected, and, and they're, they're valuing the use of my time and I'm in and out efficiently at, at that thing. So you know, it, it is it, what experience a company needs to create. Really, it needs to be designed around who are the customers that it is creating, it is creating these experiences for, and what are the brand promises 
that the that are important that resonate most with those customers. The brand promises being those implicit and explicit promises we as a company are are hoping to keep with those customers. So in some cases, yeah, it's just all it needs to be is satisfying, good, get the customer in and out. And then there are other types of experiences with types of customers where the 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 you know there are moments that are more important where you want to wow them, where you want to excel. And and I think that in part is part of the tie into into culture and employees, which is how do we help our employees understand not not only what are we as a company trying to create and deliver, but understand our customers and have some of that customer empathy as as they go about their their individual roles keeping customer promises so that in fact, not only are they feeling connected to the mission of the company as employees, and they see a tie to what they do each and every day, to how it accomplishes the important goals that the leaders are going around talking about all the time, but it also then in turn shows up to our customers that, okay, this company gets me, and they're, they're creating experiences I want to have over and over again, and that I'm willing to tell my friends or my professional colleagues about. Although I w- and I would imagine, and you tell me if this has been your experience, but I would imagine that that part of the challenge is, even if a company gets really clear on being customer centric and exactly, and even if they're really clear about here's the kind of emotional reaction we need in these contexts, like that's that's like advanced level stuff when they're clear on that, mm-hmm. they're not always clear. I'm guessing that in fact the existing culture inside the organization doesn't support the behaviors that are going to get those results. Mm-hmm. Like. A- Exactly. I, I, rem- I remember reading in one book uh, a story of a, of, a, of a big like meeting of senior leaders of a big global company, and they were launching their new, you know, customer art. You know, the customers number one was like their whole thing. And one guy stood up and said, uh, "I've done the math, and customer is probably at least eighth." <laughs> Because right. uh, there's there's this guy who's my boss, and there's that one, and there's this person above that person, and that per- and I got to answer those people before I got to even think about the customer. And it was like, wow, there's some truth that you don't hear. But I, that's the kind of thing that the the disconnects I think need to be pulled out. Do you do you spend time working on that with folks? Absolutely, I would say that ignoring your existing culture is is one of the top obstacles when organizations want to undergo this sort of culture transformation to do. You know, put the customer at the center. Whether you know, unless you are a startup, right? There's a, a culture that's already in place, and so mm-hmm. that first step in changing or transforming is to figure out, okay, what is that existing culture? What are what are the known ways that we go about doing business? What are the unwritten but known ways that we, you know, and and those all of those things are demonstrated, you know, by how people are working, by how leaders are leading, by how managers manage. Uh, and then, you know, we we focus on looking at the elements of the existing culture that that can help you, right? Build on what works, and then address those elements that are that are going to get in the way or that are counter to that. So sometimes setting out on this path, it's as much about what do we need to stop doing first or change as opposed to start doing new. Um, but then complementing that, we would also say. When we think about customer experience, while certainly, you know, the the companies who have um, have a, a strong emphasis on either a, a customer first or a mission first sort of mantra, they are in how we measure customer experience. They they are going to 
perform better. They are more likely to lead in their industry when it comes to delivering a great customer experience. But for some companies, if, if their business objective is around being a product leader, for example, they, they may not need to also set a parallel goal of being a customer experience mm -hmm. leader, but understanding how good does our customer experience need to be to support this other or the priority of our organization, which is to be the product leader. Um, oh, that's and those two things can, can be complementary. Yeah, they go um, both ways, right? It's yeah. okay to say we don't want to be the best. We just need to be the right level to match and support the business and brand objectives we have for our organization. So he, this, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, he, he, here's a question I have because you start you started this conversation talking about Tempkin Group and kind of how you help your your clients and and I, I'm 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 paraphrasing. So if I get this wrong, just you know jump in. But you know, there's something about the, the, the customer can experience the customer can 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 sense what's going on inside the organization. Um, and and. I mean, to, to 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 a naysayer, it would be easy for me to say, "Yeah, that's BS." Like, I mean, if I'm on the phone with somebody, uh, whatever, I'm only going to get like a certain amount of 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 context. If even if I'm in a in, in a storeroom, you know, front, or if I'm 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 talking with a salesperson who's on their best behavior that day, like, I mean, tell me, tell tell us a little bit more about how that translates. I mean, what is that? What does that really look like to be able to, to, to interpret what's going on behind the scenes through an interaction with one person? Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll, I'll pick one example, and this is just because it's popping to mind as we go into holiday shopping season. For those of you who still brave the brick-and-mortar retail store. <laughs> not me, right? not me. <laughs> for, for, for 10 months of the year, you gleefully go around to your, your favorite department store to pick up whatever you might need to pick up, holiday or school shopping, wedding shopping, what have you. And then you get to holiday season, and suddenly every transaction is, you know, do you have our credit card, 15% credit card? And suddenly, like, every, you know, every transaction, there's a push to sign up for their in-store credit card. And what, well, while you might not consciously think, aha, there must be an employee contest, and the person who gets the most credit card sign-ups um, is, is going to get a prize, there's some incentive for that. You right. might not consciously recognize that as an incentive or as a, as a, you know, as something the company is doing, but as a customer, you're like, oh my gosh, enough with asking me whether I need to have this credit card. Um, there, there was a, a story about um, one of the large big box retailers who sold home technology and they, they put a program in place to push the warranty program for what people purchased. And they actually saw a drop in sales of, of computers that uh, were the focus of this warranty push because people were just so frustrated of how do I decline and get out of having to agree to this <laughs> warranty when I try to buy this thing that they just said, forget it, I don't want to buy it at all from you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of those, those ways, and those are two very basic examples, but that show up sometimes to customers, um, even if customers don't cognitively recognize that that's happening to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and one of the reasons behind that, and uh, this may take us a little too far down the road, but I'll, I'll throw it out there, is, is, is you know, we, we really see, you know, people want to do the right thing, right? They, I think innately, and this, may, you know, hopefully it doesn't sound too Pollyanna-ish, but we believe, like, you know, people... They, they want to do the right thing. They want, they want to, to help the customer they are serving. 
but sometimes companies do things <laughs> that they get in their way and it reflects a sort of a self-centeredness or self-referential design that 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 companies mm-hmm. will have, right? Because as employees, we walk through that door, we forget that the rest of our life we are a customer day to day, but we put that company hat on and and it's talking nonstop about our products, our processes, the ways we do things. And so we we start to assume either A, our customers have this, this level of understanding that we have, or B, it starts to just, it, it starts to not matter because the dynamics inside the company, you know, reinforce this sort of self-centeredness, right? Because you work in specific departments, you are very focused on what you have to do. And, and that's why we get, you know, information from our health plans that is language most of us, you know, even with advanced degrees can't understand unless we too come from that industry or, you know, companies have five different phone lines you could call for different types of questions or help that you need. And they know why there are five different phone lines, but, but for the customer, right, we're just like, can't there just be a single number for me to call? Um, and, and so that's, that's sort of, it is some of the ways that that shows up. And, and sometimes it's, it's not a matter of the company not wanting to do the right thing, right? It's we're trying to change the tires as as the car's going down the highway and companies have to pick and choose where do we focus first to create the type of experience we want to deliver to our customers. And some things are going to linger longer um, than they might like just simply because it, it does take time to make certainly process changes, but absolutely cultural changes. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, and Jamie's going to, I think we're going to close it up here relatively soon because we're, we're running out of time, but I'd like to throw a, a, like a, a, some homework out to the, to the listening audience here, you know, think, think of a, a, of a less than, than positive customer experience you've had of late and then like try to translate that try try to formulate in your mind like an image of what the culture in that company is like i, I just and i know that seems a little bit abstract but like i just did that while you were talking amy about a a bank interaction that i've had we i mean a, a bank that we work with as a matter of fact um we are customers of theirs and 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 it has been so frustrating on so many levels and i just started to think about what it must really be like behind the scenes and i can start to like i can kind of envision what what happens in meetings like i can envision you know what a what a conference call sounds like um and 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 if and if you can do that you can really start to connect the dots between like what's happening behind the scenes how that impacts every person's experience with your brand etc um, kind of a cool piece of homework. Yeah, that's good. I, I love that. We actually, in some of our workshops, send people out to go have real live experiences, and we come back and and talk about that same same sort of question uh, to really first let them experience it on some other company rather than thinking about their own. Oh yeah, that's good idea. To yeah. say, okay, now what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Experiences like that for our customers. Interesting. Um, you know, and, and I think that when you when you start to recognize that, then then the the opportunity for companies is, I think, back to to part of your definition of culture is get clear on what's important to the organization, and then don't stop there. Right? It's not just enough to say, okay, we're going to deliver customer first experiences or gold star experiences or whatever you know snappy little logo they want to put on it. 
but we want to think about, so what does this mean in terms of how do our leaders need to act? What are the, the behaviors they need to embrace, the messages they need to share? And then what does this mean for our employees and, and how they act and behave on the job and the mindset and the beliefs we need them to have, not just about the customer, but about you know why this is important for the company, why it's important for them, and, and belief that the leaders truly do you know, have their commitment behind that. And I think that's step one in, in shifting the culture and the direction that, that the company wants is, is get clear, not just on, you know, what you want it to be, but then what does that mean in terms of how we actually need to behave differently and be explicit about it? Yeah. So um, to, to, to wrap it up, uh, there's sort of one question that, I, that I've been thinking of as we're having this conversation, which actually goes back to some of the research uh, that went into to our workplace genome and 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 the books that I've written is that I'm assuming that a piece of this, if like, if you really want to be attentive to the customer and focus on their experience, I'm assuming that you have to be a little more decentralized than is traditional. Like you got to give power down the chain inside the organization in order to do that. So is, and, and, and maybe not even just decentralization, but, but one of the markers that we have in the genome is sort of agility. Like you need a system that can be agile in order to really meet the need, the experiential needs, right, of a customer. And so have you been seeing trends in that regard with the folks that you're working with that are actually doing a really good job? Absolutely. And, and I would say that the, the ones that do that decentralization or the, the, the flashy word people like to throw out, empower employees, right? <laughs> the ones that do that well make sure, you know, two things happen. First, that employees are aligned with the goals of the organization. Mm-hmm. So that if we decentralize some of that decision making, they still have, even if they can't remember the, the five or 10 or 100 item checklist of what this means to the company, they get the guardrails between which they need to operate their individual vehicles helping customers in whatever role they play, right? So we've got to align them clearly to that goal, to the purpose. And then the second is we've got to enable them with tools, with systems, with information. We've got to make it easy for them to do the right thing. Um, and, And those two things really go hand in hand. And then as leaders and managers, They've got to support them. And if, and if an employee makes the wrong decision in, in giving a refund or waiving a fee or whatever it might be when we've decentralized some of this control that we gave up, it, it's all right. We coach them through that, but we've got to you know, allow employees to also go through the, those learning curves and use those mm-hmm. teaching moments, not, you know, not the opposite, because then you'll, employees will revert back to the, the other behavior. I mean, there's there's just some, you know, when you really think about it, it's, it's about building a culture that excites people, that gets them to want to be a part of it to the point where they're, they're there and you can take off some of those controls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly to your point. Yeah. Well, awesome. So this has been a great conversation, Amy. We are, we are really grateful that you hung out with us and, uh, and were able to talk to us about this. Um, I am going to wrap it up. Uh, I will. I will mention that we will. Um, if you, if you found this podcast uh, via iTunes or via Podbean, where we post it, that's great. But don't forget to subscribe to the WorkXO blog uh, at WorkXO.com because we also will post uh, this, obviously, and other podcast uh, episodes, including excerpts on the blog, so you get to see that in advance too. But I want to thank everyone for being a part of. 
this edition of the Culture Chat Podcast, and we will see you next time. Amy, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. And that was the Culture Chat today. We'll have some highlights up on the blog soon. Find out more about WorkXO and how to map your workplace genome at WorkXO.com.